The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, number 85 for January 2nd, 2007. Hey, Happy New Year, John. How are you? Happy New Year, Dave. <laughs> I got you, that right. You I did. almost stumbled there. Did you? We uh, we are the Mac Geek Gab. I'm Dave Hamilton. You are John Braun. And actually, he's John Braun. And you are you, all of you who have been listening you. to us for almost a year, more than a year and a half. It's crazy. Amazing. Uh, it is amazing. Yeah. So we're done with the holiday stretch, and that means that we are careening toward MacWorld Expo here. Uh, it oh, couldn't. It 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 it's coming faster than uh, certainly than than I would like. If I could have like two more days between now and mm-hmm. and the time I had to leave for MacWorld, that would be good. But my my inbox overfloweth <sighs> with. <laughs> yeah, it is a terrible time of year to have all these holidays. You know, I, I wish we could do all the holidays like maybe the 20th of January. If we could just put everything off a month, it'd be great. We'd do the expo, and then we could actually take a break for the holidays. It'd be nice. And just event, having Macworld so shortly after the uh, year-end wrap-up there uh, yeah. makes it challenging. It's crazy. But I'm not going to complain. With uh, CES, right? It's, it, uh, CES and Macworld sit right on top of each other, and that I will <sighs> complain. I'm not going to complain about Macworld here because, you know, it, I, I enjoy my job, and I'm very fortunate and all that. Uh, <laughs> but I am going to complain about who in their right mind decided to lump these two shows on top of each other. What? Why do we think this is a good idea, especially now that Apple is so relevant at the CES show, right? I mean, it, it, it it's... Somebody's got to get their stuff straight because that's a little crazy. It's a nightmare for us to cover, and it's a nightmare yeah. for the vendors. Yes. Yeah. What do they cover? Why we got to have both? double staff because we got to send people to CES and to MacWorld at the same time. Sucks. But okay, in any event. But on to happier topics. On to happier topics. So, uh, yeah, next week at MacWorld, I've been lying to you all, like, for the last two months. I've been telling you that I'm doing this Windows on a Mac thing, and I'm doing it on Tuesday at 1.30. It's not. It's on Wednesday at at one fifteen, and that it's been locked in. It, no questions about this. I just got very, very confused, uh, and uh, and had Jeff Gamut not asked me for a list of all of my presentations that I'm doing at MacWorld, uh, I would never have noticed it, and I would have shown up Tuesday to do my presentation. So mm. it is Wednesday, but it's a Windows on a Mac thing, and as promised, we're going to go through uh, some of that here today. We'll talk about it. John will. Uh, provide his his uh, counterpoint and commentary and and perhaps shed some light on some things that that I might have missed and then uh we'll we'll spend 10 or 15 minutes on that and then we'll go, we'll dive right into your questions and we've got some of your predictions here and and actually potentially a geek challenge which might be very very mm-hmm. cool yeah so that's uh that's where we're at so, uh, so John, this Windows on a Mac thing, right? We uh, we're, we're talking about Windows on Intel-based Macs. Uh, we're not talking about Virtual PC, which was actually emulation, right? And that, and that's an important thing to talk about, right? These, when you're running Windows on an Intel-based Mac, there's no emulation happening. In fact, as we've said on this show before, uh, there's less emulation happening when you're running Windows versus when you're actually running the Mac OS because there's still stuff happening in Rosetta that is being emulated in Mac OS X. Yeah, I, I guess I'd say it depends on how you def- define emulation. But, but you pointed out a good thing, is that at one very 
basic and time-consuming level. Emulation, you know, like virtual PC, as you pointed out, is making one processor look like another. Right. And for those who you know software and processors and stuff, that's that's hard. That's inefficient. That's really hard. Yeah. Inefficient and difficult to do properly. That's right. So for the people like virtual PC, you know, the the, the folks that did that, I mean, you know, hats off to you. That that's a tough job. But the problem is just doing all that work, yeah. even with the fastest processors, is slower than going to the native processor that the OS was written in to begin with, which I think is, you know, why why this is a timely topic for, for Dave to cover. Yep. Is you don't you you eliminate what I would say is probably the most time-consuming and resource-intensive part of it, which is how to convert Intel to Motorola and, or, or IBM PowerPC, whatever you right, want to call it. Right, right. Um, that takes a lot of work, and it just it kills you. I mean, I've, I've used Virtual PC. You have, and it, it, oh. it works. Yeah, it's, it's functional. But it's, it's like... Yeah. It, 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 it's worse, than, it, worse you, than running Photoshop ball. on a MacBook Pro. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, oh. Much worse. Much worse. So... Uh, and that's yeah, of course. So now you have this new age where Apple came to their senses, or you know, decided to pick the best option yep. of uh, who would run on portables with a modern processor, and uh, said Intel. Here you go. And I, I still remember, you know, it, it gave me pleasure to learn that in the in the the back rooms of Apple, they were actually doing this. Which yeah, I think you heard that's about right. this. They oh were yeah, run, they were doing everything because next step was an Intel operating system. They were. You know, they never gave that up for multiple OSs yep. just in case, because, you know, when that moment came where they said, you know, PowerPC, bye bye. And they were like, oh, what are you going to do? Rewrite your software? And they're like, nope, we already have. Yep. Bye. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> that moment must have been beautiful. Yeah. Although, you know, I talked people. to I talked to a bunch of IBM folks after uh, that announcement and they all said, you know, it's really not that big of a deal to us because we'd sort of kind of focused on the the gaming and and you know the console and the the embedded systems thing anyway this isn't really a huge loss to us pr wise it's a huge thing because apple is you know the press is golden boy but otherwise they said it you know it really won't affect the bottom line and and it hasn't so uh, you know oh, even, even kudos to intel. everybody intel, yeah. intel has gotten quite hip especially with some of the have you seen some of these dual mm-hmm. uh core commercials that's right their commercials are actually yeah. somewhat Interesting. They're hip now. now. Whereas yeah. before it was like, dun, dun, yeah. Dun, dun. yeah, okay, whatever. So, <laughs> so, uh, so the options, and, and there's, there's, there's four of them that we'll talk about. One is, of course, Apple's boot camp, and then there's parallels, uh, and then crossover, and then a new product, which is really an old product called VMware. Um, mm-hmm. Like we said, they, they've all got one thing in common. They, they, they run the same chip that your Mac has in it. So it's not emulation. It's just translation of various things to make the software think it's running on a on one operating system versus another. Um, Which I think we'd probably call virtualization. It, probably and be the vir- virtualization. Term. Yep. That, I think that's, that's a fantastic term with three out of four of these. So all but one of them, you still have to buy a copy of windows. You you're running windows on your Mac and then running applications inside that. So with bootcamp, bootcamp is what I would consider the most native solution here because really all bootcamp is, is a, but it's two things. One, it's a addendum, if you will, to the bootloader for the Mac that allows it to boot windows as opposed to uh, the Mac. It essentially emulates uh, BIOS as opposed to, uh, and I can't remember what it's called on the 
SMC, right? SMC, is that what it is? I think it's SMC. Um, but it, it, it emulates the BIOS of a Windows machine so that Windows says, oh yeah, I can hook onto this and, and boot up. Once it boots up, your Mac is just a Windows machine, not unlike any other Windows box out there. It, and I'll, I'll add to that saying, not unlike any other Windows laptop out there. Every Windows laptop mm-hmm. has proprietary, and if not proprietary, it has its own set of hardware that's built into it. So you need drivers to run the video card that's embedded into the laptop, the networking card that's embedded, et cetera, et cetera. And the other half of bootcamp is all of those drivers bundled nicely together for you. Again, not unlike what you'd get from Dell on the, you know, hardware support CD, you get all the drivers that you need. It's exactly the same thing. So, you know, the Dell machine, of course, presumably comes with Windows pre-installed and all those drivers pre-installed. Apple's machines, of course, don't. So you've got to go through the process of installing this. But Boot Camp makes it very, very easy to, uh, to, to do this, too. It's extremely compatible because, again, it, you're running Windows. A couple of weird things. The one that jumps to mind, of course, is that the Mac, at least the laptops built in, don't have a second mouse button. So that's kind of the first thing that everybody noticed when they ran boot camp was like, well, wait a minute, you know, how, how do I do the right mouse? And it, at first there was some software to do it, uh, some third party software. And now I think it's being handled uh, a little more internally, but really what you need is a, a two button mouse to, to make windows happy. But well, yeah, I think for a while, OS 10 would support um, multi-button mice. If oh, you it still does to purchase one, yeah, but that's it. You need, and you need to purchase one. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, but it's very compatible. It runs pretty much everything, and every there's no uh, there's no slowing down of the machine because it's a Mac. It, the, the Mac OS is not running when Boot Camp's running, uh, and it it's just a Windows machine. Once it's up, the the OS has no idea. The machine really at that point has no idea that anything is mm-hmm. is running other than Windows because nothing is. Um, and for all of you who say Windows sucks, well. Your MacBook sucks <laughs> when when you run Windows on it. You know, I mean, it's the same thing. It, it's it, it 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 is that it is what it is. So, oh, uh, Windows doesn't suck at everything. Come on. No, and you know, let's <laughs> let's give it some defense here. And, and and I know I'll get some flack for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Here's why Windows sucks. Right. Take Apple. They make the MacBook Pro, right? Let's just take this ex- one one path for the example. Very, you know, put the blinders on. Mm-hmm. Take, they make the MacBook Pro. They know exactly what's inside it, right? They also are the company that makes OS 10, right? So they know how to bridge the cap, bridge the gap from hardware-wise MacBook Pro to software OS 10, and they do it 110%, right? There's nothing missing. You never heard anybody say, "Oh, you know, I, I like this MacBook Pro, but it'd be great once uh, OS 10 supports the full size of my monitor." That's ridiculous, right? N- no one would ever say that. That that that's almost hard to imagine. Enter the laptops, right? All these people that tried to take Windows and put it on these Macs before Boot Camp came out, that's exactly what they were saying. Well, it's cool, but it would be nice if I had the video driver written to uh, support Windows you know, fully on, on, on this machine. Dell deals with the same thing, right? Dell is building the hardware. Microsoft writes the OS. And there's this huge gap that has to be bridged. Now, it's in Microsoft and Dell's best interest to work together, and they do, to make sure that all of this works. But... Remember, Microsoft's not just working with Dell. They need to build Windows to work with everything, including now the Mac. So there's right. all these vendors. And, and 
Dell probably uses video cards from four different vendors, right? And some of those video cards might also be used by Toshiba. But the Toshiba, although it might use the same video card as one of the Dells, doesn't necessarily use the same network card as the Dell. Mm -hmm. So you've got all this stuff that could potentially conflict with each other. And Microsoft doesn't have the ability to test all of that in their labs like Apple does, simply because of this, this separation. Now, the vendors I will give, and I have to because I've done this at the, the 9 to 5, is that yep. Dell does a very good job through their website where if you register and they have something, I believe it's called a service tag number, yep. they know, and, and you've gone through it probably through this too, but if you, Absolutely. If, you, if you decide to wipe your machine and reinstall, which I do yeah. at work because you know I don't you, you have the to. garbage that they right. usually heap on there, right. but they have a page where you can go to. It's tedious, but you can go to a page saying, okay, here are all the drivers for my computer. Right. You can download them, and you will install Windows. And you know, installing Windows with the default drivers is better than nothing. Yeah, but, but you won't be able to get on the. Out, you won't get on the internet. You won't get exactly. you know full screen video. Your your third party mouse won't work. Right, none of that stuff. You've got to go through and install all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I want to mention that you know I give Dell credit because they they do have a mechanism at least for enterprise customers where you can go and download all the drivers and and start from scratch. Yep. Fortunately, as you pointed out, Boot Camp. They do that for you. Yep. Otherwise, your your Windows experience on the Mac would be be uh, pretty unpleasant. Yeah, and that and that's the Apple part of it. It and, and that's not to say that other vendors haven't done it. Of course, they have. But Apple has tried to manage this process as smoothly as possible. And one of the cool things they did was they took advantage of something that they built into Tiger uh, called live repartitioning. So let's say you've got a hundred gig drive on your MacBook Pro, and then you decide I want to put Windows on here. Well, Windows needs its own partition. Presumably, you've got one partition of 100 gigs. Now, you may only be using 80 of that. Well, Tiger... But wait. But wait. That's right. Partitioning destroys everything. Yeah, well, not this partitioning. This actually moves stuff out of the way and carves out whatever size partition you tell it to, assuming there's enough free space, and, uh, and splits up your drive without destroying any of your data. Now, you know... That's all fine and good. I backed up my machine before letting it do this. It it worked fine, but, you know, let the buyer beware, right? So uh, the cool thing is once that's done, when you're booted into the Mac OS, you see this second partition, uh, this Windows partition that's been created, and you can copy files to and from it. So if you've got some Word documents or, you know, PowerPoint or something that you've been working on on the Windows side, you can copy that over or simply edit it right on the uh, on the Windows partition. So that that's pretty cool. That's pretty much it for boot camp. There's not a whole lot to talk about with it. Again, because it's it, it boot camp is nothing more than turning your Mac into a Windows machine. Once it's there, it's there. There's not there's nothing special that goes on. It just runs. Enter parallels. Now, for those of you, I know John and I we talked about it. For those of you that work use virtual PC, Parallels is the most like that. It, it, it's an experience like that. You get a, a window, you install Windows into this application, and you can run full screen if you want, or you can run uh, in a you know in a Mac window and then just have Windows simply running there. And you've probably all seen screenshots of this, and if you haven't, go ahead to, uh, I think it's Parallels.com, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, and, and you're there. You don't need to reboot your Mac. You don't need to shut down any of your Mac apps, assuming you have enough RAM. And you're just running Windows. This is a lot more work for the developer than uh, Boot Camp is because they've got to deal with all this stuff that's happening simultaneously 
to OS 10. So not only do they need to trick Windows into thinking it's running on a separate machine, but they need to make sure that whatever it's doing plays nice with OS 10. And then there's things that us users want, like being able to drag our mouse from the Windows environment outside of the window to the Mac environment and just have that happen seamlessly. That mm-hmm. none of that none of that is easy to do, right? Have your hardware work for 3D games. You want to deal with your USB appliances. You want to be able to burn CDs and DVDs. You want to talk to Firewire, all that stuff. It, it works in parallels now. In fact, DVD burning or CD burning uh, is a, a new feature. I think it came out, what, a week ago. Uh, but uh, but it, it, it does work. And the way they do it is, is Parallels has something called Parallels Tools, which once you get Windows installed, you then use Parallels to install this add-on to Windows, which is all these other drivers that teach Windows or allow Windows to have these hooks. And you can even now drag files from your Mac desktop to your Windows desktop and back and forth. It'll, it'll copy in and out, which is pretty cool. Nice. Nice. That's very similar to a virtual PC. Very similar. If you installed the extra goodies, then you could cross environments, which is, as you pointed out, always a challenge that somebody has to write the software to learn how to talk between the two because normally they don't know the other exists. That's right. (laughs) Now, one cool thing that Parallels has made a lot easier in the, in the, the new releases that have come out is Parallels now uses your bootcamp partition or can use your bootcamp partition. So you can install Windows once. And if you just need to run something in Parallels and you're happy with that performance there, you can boot to your bootcamp partition and, and do everything you want and have all your applications there. Or if you want to run Windows without anything, you just boot up to bootcamp and it's the same partition, same application, same everything. Par- Parallels does some tricks to make this happen because Windows freaks out when with the whole license, the way Windows licensing works, if it sees that significant changes have happened to the installation, it'll force you to relicense Windows. And initially, you had to relicense Windows every time you went back and forth between Bootcamp and Parallels. They've fixed that. They've actually created a dual boot now uh, that's automatically chosen at startup, depending on whether you're doing a dual boot for Windows, this is. So it's automatically chosen depending on which uh, environment you're going to use it in. And you have to uh, go ahead and, and authorize or authenticate Windows once in Parallels. And then after that, it's totally activated on both sides of the coin which is cool very cool um one of the other cool things that parallels does is it it lets you do what's called video rescaling so let's say you've got a little mac window and uh and you've got parallels running inside it and then you say well i want to run you know i've got some big graphic or big image on the page i want to see that in full size you can actually drag the window bigger and windows automatically rescales live you don't have to reboot or anything it's just boom right there which is pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. Now, what if you're running apps in Windows and and Mac OS? How, does it do anything to make that a little nicer? It'll do clip. Kinda... It'll share the clipboard back and forth between them. Uh, is that is that what you mean? Well, no, I was wondering, like, more when you, when you cycle through applications, ah. you're, you're kind of, um, I think Virtual PC did this. It would let you, in the Mac environment, see the... Uh, What's running on the PC side? It, it does. So yeah, it kind of brought it together. It, and Parallels actually takes this a step further. What, what 
what John's talking about is with virtual PC, you'd start to get icons in your desktop or in your dock rather for the running Windows apps. And that now happens with parallels. You start to see icons. And if you click on an icon in your dock, it will bring up parallels and bring that application to the front. Parallels has taken this one step further and introduced something called coherence mode, which allows you to basically take the Windows desktop and if you choose the taskbar and totally hide them. So your Windows apps then just float in and amongst your Mac apps. And hmm. it's actually pretty cool. Again, you still need to have when you need to buy a copy of Windows and have Windows running in order to do this. But once you get it there, you can make the stuff go away. It's it's quirky. Uh, and they released beta two, you know, and, and then within less than a week, they released beta three. So it's and, and that keeps fixing this these weirdness things that are just inherent in this coherence mode. It's cool. Like it, if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, well, you, you know what to do. You just go back to the, the, the full deal. So, but mm -hmm. the cool thing is parallels is, is very compatible with windows games, it, it, windows, everything games being, being one of them, but hmm. there's few apps that won't run in parallels. In fact, I don't know that I've found any, uh, but you know, because, because it's running windows. So the, the trick is, kind of outside of the, the box the apps don't know what's happening they just they just tell windows well here i am and windows mm -hmm. yeah cool no problem windows yeah. doesn't even but know like the happening. uh the networking you know because no i know that's an issue yep. a lot of times so you're a windows network citizen you are a windows yeah you're, yep you're a windows network citizen and it works just fine so good yeah so parallels that, that's yeah, parallels. Per, from what i've seen that's the leader right now i think in the uh virtualization it, it is market. yeah it is. The, so there's the, an up and coming player, I do believe. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. There's VMware, right? Uh, and they've got a product which, on the Intel side, for a lot of my PC, uh, you know, uh, coworkers, uh, VMware, especially Linux crowd, they really like this. They do. You can do you know because it's of course an Intel, you know, or sometimes AMD. I don't know if right. it works on AMD. It does. But anyways, you can run. Um, yeah, just uh, multiple uh, Intel OSs. So it actually surprised a lot of people. They were like, okay, where's VMware? Right. I mean, they do the Intel thing, and Mac is now Intel. So what's they're up, guys? They're they, here been now. They've for a while. Yeah, they're here yeah, now. I think they just posted a... Uh, the public beta. A yeah. non-invite public beta. I think That's before right. they had one where you had to sign up by email. And, yeah, and it, was tough to, it was tough to get into. I couldn't even get into that one. So that was that was tough. You? I, I know. Wow. I know. I mean, if you... Yeah. Um, well, I, I think they didn't want me to see it before it was, you know, ready for public consumption. And I can't blame them for that. Um, well, and you had the word MacObserver.com in your email address. Well, yeah, so. they knew who I was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It counts against you. But uh, still, no, I can understand how they want to be careful about rolling yeah. something like this out. Absolutely. Because so, they have a pretty good reputation. They don't want to, you know, come up with a bomb. That's a right. Bomb. That's right. So they... Uh, and and the the whole reason that it took them as long as it did was they wanted to write a fully Cocoa app. They wanted it to be very Mac-like. They wanted it to support a lot of stuff out of the gate. Now, Parallels, up until the current version, or the, you know, Beta 2, which is only, you know, what, a week, maybe a week and a half old. Up until that, Parallels didn't support USB 2. Parallels didn't support disk mm -hmm. burning. Parallels, I don't believe, supported Firewire, Right. VMware, upon its release, supported all three of those. It also supports, and, and this is configurable, you can choose whether or not you want to run one processor for the uh, Intel side, or you know, one core, rather, for the Intel side and one core for the Mac side, 
or you can tell it to run two cores for the for the Intel side. You can't do that with parallels. Parallels you are you are fixed on one processor on either side or mm -hmm. one core on either side. And Windows will not see it as two two cores. It will not see that you're on a dual core machine. Boot camp, of course, Windows does see that you're on a dual core machine, just to be clear. Uh, so that that's one of the that's one of the things about VMware. They've been around eight like John said, they've been around eight years. They also have full 64-bit support, which I don't believe anyone else has. Um, and they do have a, a, a VMware tools add-on similar to the parallel tools, similar to the virtual PC add-on that allows you to do more integration with the Mac OS. This will actually, VMware actually, they say it'll support the iSight, which parallels will not. Uh, and it'll also support Apple's IR uh, controller. So what, what I was thinking of doing, and I don't believe I'm going to do it for my, my thing next Wednesday, is I was actually going to take my presentation and run it in VMware with the uh, with the Apple remote, uh, you know, remote control clicker and, and use PowerPoint to deliver my presentation mm -hmm. and then at the end say, haha, I did it in Windows. But yeah, uh, not with something that's beta. Exactly, because I still haven't been able to get Windows XP Home Edition to install without hitting a blue screen on VMware. Now, mm. they, I've talked to them about this, and they tell me this is very strange. They think there might be something wrong with my CD, again, the one that I've used to install on you know, multiple machines here. But uh, who knows? Something could have happened. I, I need to make an image of it and try it that way. Uh, but that's, you know, notwithstanding, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll stick with Keynote. Thank you very much. One cool thing that VMware does, and this this is something that they've been doing for a very long time, is they, they have what they call virtual appliances. Do you know what these are, John? Are you aware of this stuff? No. Okay. The idea is, let's say you're a software vendor, and a software vendor who wants to distribute something that would normally be sort of a convoluted install, say Oracle, or Red Hat Linux, or Ubuntu Linux, or, uh, you know, MySQL, or a full MySQL server, and you want it configured exactly right, you know, and you're running on some Linux distribution or whatever, and you want Apache and PHP, and you want it all the same. Well, these virtual appliances are available, and you can download them and install them, and it's all a prepackaged thing. You just download it, install the image, and start it up and you're running. You don't actually have to install any software. It runs inside this virtual machine. Now, they've been doing this on the Intel side. So running a virtual version of even Windows inside Windows so that you can do some testing. Great opportunity for Windows developers to deliver turnkey solutions for the Mac, right? Let's say you've got somebody that wants to run Microsoft Project, but they don't want to go through the process of installing Windows and then you know, installing project and making sure it works. You could just take, you could do all the work for them, create a virtual appliance and post it and boom, you're good to go. And I think they've got like 300 of these already available because they've been doing it for years and years and years. Uh, all of these virtual appliances work on the Mac because it's just the way it goes. So, uh, you know, if you want to do experiment, say you want to do experiment with Linux, you want to see what Fedora Linux is like to run, but you don't want to, spend the time to install and configure, just download a virtual appliance, bam, you're good to go. Free, no problem. There's some that are for pay. Obviously, if you want to install Oracle, they'll probably want some cash, but uh, it's actually a pretty cool concept. Oh, okay. Actually, I've worked with this uh, under a different name, but actually actually today I was uh, futzing around with something called OLPC. Um, some MIT folks have 
come up with this thing, one laptop per child initiative, and they came okay. up with a very low-cost uh, piece of hardware, which I think you may have heard of. Uh, or if not, um, but but they're proposing a new machine. But the cool part is they have something called VMware Player yep. that lets you run a version of this, which is actually a little Linux box. Right. And all they offer is a disk image, and you load that up. So I, I think that's the same technology where I didn't want to think about how to set up Linux. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I you just don't. wanted to load the image, and I was yeah. running it on my, my Windows uh, XP machine, but it was running whatever this uh, OLPC platform is, and... All you did was go to a website, download the environment, I guess you would call it, and yep. load it into the VMware Player, which I guess is a very limited version of the, uh, you know, their, their software. Right. And I was like, yeah. So, so I think it's the same thing, but it, it's a nice thing to do to, you know, just switch into another OS. Without oh yeah. Having to worry about the nitty gritty of setting up the network. Of actually that, getting that there. Stuff. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And and the beautiful thing is, no matter what type of hardware you're running it on again back to that conversation about all these different drivers and everything it doesn't matter because all this stuff is written for the vmware environment which is mm -hmm. a fixed set of drivers it is one video driver one you know network driver etc cetera, etc cetera, and it all just works so now yep the one thing i kept asking these folks while i was talking to them about you know all these solutions is okay well you've virtualized every version of windows and linux and all of this stuff well there's one operating system that runs on intel that we haven't talked about here and we you know and would be great wouldn't it be cool to be able to run a version of mac os 10 virtualized right so if you wanted to test stuff out but you wanted to have it in a sandbox boom right there and they all say, oh, yeah, it's totally possible. We could probably do it in the lab, but Apple's licensing does not allow it to happen. OS X will only run on the Mac directly. It will not run in any of these environments. And, mm. and they say, look, you know, we, all these companies have said we have no interest in ruffling Apple's feathers. We're not heading down this path. You know, it's not going to happen unless Apple gives them the blessing to do so. Once Apple does that, though, however, it opens the door for people running, say, a Dell machine or a Toshiba machine to run OS X. And thus far, Apple hasn't done anything like that. They haven't or opened the that El door. Or the El Cheapo special that you pick up for... That's right. Now, they're... Know, under $100 or wherever. And, and yeah, I, I can understand how Apple would want to protect their... Because uh... I think right now, as far as I know, OS X does various little checks here and there to make sure it's running on... Uh... That's right. On Apple hardware. That's right. So even if you had a Intel machine and it, Apple's running on Intel, it at some point is going to come to a grinding halt saying, hey, I'm not running on a Mac. Sorry, dude. Yep. Be nice if they change that. Yeah, well. <laughs> and maybe maybe they will. I mean, Who knows? It, you know, yeah. if, if they, I mean, they've always treaded kind of lightly in the enterprise space from what I've noticed. Yeah. I mean, they have Xperv, Xserv and Xraid and some enterprise stuff that from, you know, what I've seen with hands-on is, is very, very nice enterprise stuff, but it's just such a teeny little part of their market. I don't know if it's going to be on their radar, Yep. you know, for, for the people who want to do this sort of thing. Yep. Hmm. Yep. So who knows, but currently, no, there's no way to do that. So, okay, so that's three solutions that all require you to use Windows. Then comes in Crossover. Crossover is a pretty cool little thing. The idea behind it is that it's rootless. It doesn't require Windows. You're just running the apps. And it uses a piece of software called Wine, which has been available on Windows, for, or I'm sorry, available on the, the Linux side for a very long time. And, and Wine is one of those funny little names that actually says Wine 
is not an emulator because it doesn't. It doesn't emulate. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is what self-referential acronym, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But or re- recursive, right? Recursive. Yeah, because it's constantly. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so the cool thing is you don't have to give any money to Microsoft. Right. Um, unless, of course, you want to run Outlook, which is one of the huge things that crossover is used for if you're in a corporate environment and everybody uses outlook for calendaring and email and contacts and it's hooked up to the exchange server and that and you just you, you absolutely need to run outlook you can't make do with anything else on the mac well run crossover because it treats it pretty much like it's any other mac app the thing is not every app is going to work with crossover outlook does uh, there's many others that do and if they do man you are golden. You don't have to buy Windows. You don't have to do anything. You just install and run away. But, of course, when it doesn't work, you know it right away. So, you know, the apps just live in the dock. You get native speeds. You get cut and paste. You don't need to create a hard drive partition. You don't need RAM. Uh, you know, m- my feeling is if you have to run a Windows app for a specific purpose, try crossover first. If it works for you, you're done. If not, then you move on to Parallels or VMware or Boot Camp if you've got to go that far. So, so, so Crossover, it sounds like that they're working at a higher level and that they're trying to intercept Windows calls of whatever sort and try to map them yeah. to a Mac call. Yeah, although... Okay, you, it, uh, really, okay, though... You asked me to draw a window. I, I want it. Let me see yeah, exactly. if I can translate this. So exactly. if, if it's a relatively straightforward... OS type of thing. Give me more memory. Give me more disk. Whatever. And there's a, you know, somebody didn't do something proprietary on the Windows side. It should be able to find a match for uh, something on the on the Apple side. What I would imagine is software that does, you know, sneaky little copy protection things, or just decides, well, we're going to do our own VM scheme, right? Or, or things like that. Things that get intimate with the hardware, I would suspect, would not work well. But things like, I would I would imagine uh, Word, you yep. know, Excel, the things that are pretty you know, straightforward Microsoft compatible yep. applications would, would work okay. Okay. That's cool. that's absolutely so, right. Uh, and 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 to correct to to clarify, you're absolutely right. It takes the Windows calls and intercepts them and it doesn't actually translate them into Mac calls. It translates them into X eleven calls. And mm, and so oh, okay. and then it's running an X eleven environment on the Mac. Uh, but it's it's very smooth. If you didn't know that that's what was happening, you probably wouldn't notice that that's what was happening. But but to get technically correct, that's what's going on, uh, and that Fine. makes it easy for them to do it on the <laughs> with, right with this because it's always been doing X11 from from day one. So, yeah, which yeah. is very mature. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, you know, be- benchmarks aren't my thing, but I did want to talk about the results. I- I've got some gaming benchmarks that I'm working on, and probably will have at the show next week. But you know. Mm-hmm. My feeling is anybody that's doing this isn't looking for, you know, top performance. Uh, that being said, remember, everything is native, so it's all very, very snappy. I, I run, lately I've been running Parallels in a window uh, amongst all my other Mac stuff, and nothing slows down. Everything's fine. It Once you install the Parallel tools and it knows what OS you're running, it doesn't use the processor a hundred percent of the time. Just it doesn't just say, "Well, here's half the processor. I'm going to give that to Windows, and whatever it wants to do with it, even if it's nothing, I'm still going to eat half your, you know, half your CPU." Yeah. That's not what's happening. It it it's all dynamic. If your Mac needs more, it will give it more. If Windows needs more, it will give it more up to that 
half of you know that that half of your processor are one core and then it stops um so if you've got a single core machine yeah. then that's what it's doing it's going to eat it all but uh so the nice part is if windows starts to run out of out of you know out of control on you you've still got half of your processor left to do whatever you need to on your mac which you know can also include a force quit of yeah. parallels and down it goes so yeah i'd imagine though that especially games i think would probably one of the apps that are typically written to a certain api like DirectX or you know whatever you yes. have that's probably not something you want to play on any of these because they're expecting something that's pretty intimate with the graphic hardware and i don't think you're going to get that level of I, sophistication I, right. have, you, have you tried gaming yeah and and you know what most games run really well in fact there's really? a lot yeah. of games that run really well in crossover um so yeah it's it it it's not what you would think if if you've got a game that you hmm. want to run go ahead and try it because you may be very very pleasantly surprised uh, you know, nice. AutoCAD doesn't work in crossover yet, so that you've got to go with you know either a virtualization solution or boot camp. Uh, MS Project will work in crossover, or it'll you know work in any of the other three. Uh, so that's uh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they they did their uh, you know did a lot of work on the the graphics yeah. subsystem. Yeah. Well, so remember it's it's, it's all it's all the same. It's just translating it through and and finding the fastest way to translate it through right you know with the gaming stuff like you said it if it's direct if it's a you know direct x or or whatever that's going to make the once the app makes a call to direct x direct x makes a call to the hardware right it bypasses everything mm -hmm. else so the trick is letting direct x do that it's all the same hardware right we've got OpenGL on both sides we've got all this stuff it's all the same chips so these guys are figuring out how to, you know, kind of pave the path and, and let that happen. And they're doing yep. it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And actually, you know, I spoke to, you know, at the last Mac world, actually, you know, some of the graphic guys that were like, you know, it's good. They're going to Intel because that's less of a difference that we have to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, they also may have to do less work on differentiating, you know, a Mac video card versus a PC, so that could be good for the guys writing the, uh, you know, yep. the sort of software. Is that you don't have to do something different yep. to talk to the graphic hardware. So yeah, as you as you uh, pointed out, I'll still I still need a. Uh, Santa didn't bring me an Intel Mac. <laughs> no, no, I guess not. No. Well, well, maybe maybe it's waiting for me at MacWorld. Maybe it is. <laughs> uh, the the one the one last thing I want to mention is if you are running anything but crossover, and this is this is a big feather that crossover puts in their cap. You need virus protection software if you're running Windows. Again, crossover doesn't run Windows, so you, you know you, you, that you're exempt there. But otherwise, man, you have to run virus protection software on the Windows side. You, you just uh, you, there's no you, you can't skip that. It, it, it's Windows. It's Come Windows. On. Yeah. So there's Norton. My favorite is has always been Norton Antivirus. You know the idea really? behind yeah the idea on behind the Windows side yeah on okay. the Windows side yeah the the idea behind virus protection software is that it's going to get in your way right you want it to it's got to look at everything that's happening and decide whether or not this thing is a virus or not. In my mm -hmm. experience, you know, with all the clients that I've dealt with over the years, I've found Norton to be the thing that gets in your way without getting in your way. Best. Hmm. It's not perfect, but nothing could be perfect. Uh, McAfee, in my again, in my experience, gets in your way. Do not get, it, don't get internet security. Just get Norton antivirus. Uh, it, right. it, the internet security thing will drive you to drink. So just, just, <laughs> just get antivirus. 
Um, you can also get McAfee. They're both, you know, as far as catching viruses and commercial mm-hmm. products, they're good. And if you want something free, you can get AVG for free, which is also very good. It's from uh, uh, free.grisoft, G-R-I-S-O-F-T. A-V-G? Yeah, AVG. Apple, oh. Apple Victor Gordo oh. Gecko. Have you tried Clam? Clam is the good... Uh... Can you get Clam for Windows uh, now? We run Clam on on all sure. the, on our mail server on all the mail that comes yeah, yeah. in the TMO. Okay. Yeah, I run a yeah. Mac on Windows. Yeah, okay. Clam AV, I think it's called. Or, yeah, uh, Clam AV. Clam is a good, uh, yeah. good open source uh, product. There you go. So I, I didn't realize you could run Clam, and I, I've never run yeah. it as a GUI client. So. Yeah. Now, i got to say uh, uh, the the, uh, 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 the antivirus stuff is that we actually use the uh, – uh, McAfee product, but uh, the yep. nice thing about it is that it has a EPO enterprise uh, provision. Or, yes. But anyways, it, it's especially nice, and and that's why I think we use it. Yep. Is that they can push things out and tell it to do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from an enterprise point of view, that's I think a good product when you're managing thousands of machines. Absolutely. But, um, Absolutely. Yeah. But for individual use, and actually even for individual use, it's uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Fine. Norton kind yeah. of annoyed me. On the Mac side, because Whoa. they they fell behind on the, uh, you know, on the OS updates. Like all of a sudden, big it broke. time. Yeah, all of a sudden <laughs> it broke. That, That's right. Yeah, that gets me cranky. Yeah, no, they they screwed up on the Mac, but they've it, it, again, you know, every, everybody has their own preference on on this. Uh, but uh, I tend to like Norton better than anything else. So, so, mm-hmm. uh, so there you go. It, you know, we are. Uh, Way this took way way more time than I expected it to, and and that's good. I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about all this stuff, but we're gonna talking s- about Windows. I know, isn't that oh something? My. We're gonna. Uh, I thought this was the Mac Geek Gap. Yeah, well, you know, not you the can- Windows Geek Gap. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have this fear of there's a lot of, of, there, of getting it's, it's lynched uh, next yeah, week at MacWorld Expo. It's a new age uh, emulation. I, I no, yeah. I think it's actually great. I mean, no, Virtual PC. I gotta say was, uh, you yeah, know, it was just. It, it it could have been a contender, but yeah, it, it was just battling the you know, it, it was just trying to do too much. Well, yeah, it did, stuff, right. I've seen it, it, was, man. It's it was a losing battle. A, yeah, I think now and it's a you know good good thing that Apple is you know kind of doing this stealth thing. Yeah, uh, like to my friend, uh, I'm gonna say hi to my friend Tom, who is a hi Tom, one of my coworkers who just got a got a Mac, and I I think he's gonna lean over. To the Mac side, and also do is a uh, you know do the Windows stuff and virtualization. Yep. Which uh, everybody that I this episode will provide him there you everything go. he needs. You there know, are more options than ever. I I talk to a lot of switchers or potential switchers or pre switchers I'll call them, and they all say yeah yeah I'm gonna you know get a MacBook Pro and uh, I'm gonna install Windows on it with Boot Camp, and I say to all of them well you know you, you probably do parallels or, or whatever and they're like. Yeah, but I, you know, I don't want to do that. I just want to run Windows in Boot Camp, and then I can switch over to the Mac OS when I want. And then about three months in, I always check check in with them and say, "Okay, you know, where are you?" And some of you are listeners here, right? I mean, it, and we've been through this, and I would say more than three quarters of them of you all say, "Yeah, you know what? I uh, most of the time now, I just run the Mac OS and I run the Windows stuff I need in parallels or crossover or whatever." But mm-hmm. you know, Boot Camp is this. Because it's from Apple and because it doesn't have the Mac OS running, it, it's this path to running Windows on this machine that gets all this stuff that you're afraid of out of the way. And then you get it and realize, like you said, it's this stealth thing. Well, it's, the Mac OS is nothing to fear. It actually does a lot of stuff really well. And yeah, then this stuff I need in Windows. There we go. So 
But there you boot have camp it. is also it's kind of a caveman. It's like you're you're living in this <laughs> yeah. isolated Windows that's world. Right. Why not share? Why not share? Exactly. Like some of the other products, which that's the cool. Even back in virtual PC, being able to cut and paste between the two. It just opens up. Huge. It, it, it makes it all the easier yeah. for you to be able to bop between the two environments. So, yeah. so running side by side, I think, is... But some people figure that out. They're like, yeah. hmm, maybe Every, I should try that. Yeah, exactly. So try it. If you are one of those people, if you're one of the, the one quarter as opposed to three quarters, try it. <laughs> and uh, you know, give yourself a week with it and see, uh, see, what, see what you think. Uh, so, so we're going to skip, I've, we're gonna I've, skip I've this stuff. I've had it with this podcast. I have too. But, uh, I'm not going to do... We're... <sighs> Oh, wait. We'll do it next week. Yeah, we'll do it at Macworld next week. We just won't do it from here. We won't do it from here. But we do need to get these predictions in. There were a couple of you, and you know who you are, so uh, we're just going to run through the list. So we've got uh, predictions for the following. An 8-core Mac Pro machine, right? Uh, yeah, well, it could, it could happen. I don't think it'll happen it, next it's week. It's out there. Yeah, it's there. Eh, right. Maybe maybe too new. It, mm. I think so, yeah. Uh, new eyesight embedded displays. So this would be cinema displays with the eyesight embedded That's into it, like the iMac reasonable. or the MacBook Pro. I think that'll happen. I, I would agree with that. Uh, the Beatles music on iTunes could happen. Oh well, they settled their little uh, exactly little little spat there, right? Yeah. It'd be foolish for both of them not to do it, right? I mean, let's, let's face it. Made there. For, for everybody. That's right. For all the fans, you know, yeah, shuffle off this mortal coil. I mean, come on. So, so we've got two sets of predictions surrounding Leopard. One is that we will see an enhanced demo. I think that's pretty much a given. Uh, will yeah. we see a Leopard release? release? Hmm. Mm. I, I'd be very surprised. I, we may see it's going to be released. Uh, we've seen this before. Yes. It's going to be released in two or three months right. from now. Right. For this amount of money. Yeah, you can exactly. order now. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, buy, buy now. Pay later. Uh iWork07 with a spreadsheet app. I think that could Ooh, happen. Maybe called Numbers because they've numbers. trademarked the That's right. they have. word yeah. Numbers. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the two that, that I would consider on the fringe, but who knows, uh, Al, the guy who suggested that the Beatles, uh, he was one of the people that suggested the Beatles music maybe on iTunes. He also suggested that perhaps Al Gore's An Inconven Inconvenient Truth will be uh, available for sale on the iTunes store. So <laughs> that's that's one. The other is a thin MacBook with a 12-inch 16 by 9 screen. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I still like, even though it gets doggier by the day, yep. I still like my PowerBook G4. 12 inch it, it's such a pleasure to travel yeah with so i would like to see a the you know the macbook is pretty darn close so. yeah it is yeah so that it's one i machine. don't know i, I don't know, know. How much, if a 12 inch would really yeah. fit in there. but a 69 screen because you and i are all about hd man and uh, that's right all that stuff now right yeah, absolutely all right so well, so yeah we're send, uh, send more fly, you're flying out I'm fl yeah, I'm flying. Let's see, I'm flying out Friday. Actually, I'll be I'll be oh. getting in very late Friday night. You okay. fly in what Sunday or Monday? Monday. Monday. Yeah. Okay. So the keynote's Tuesday. We'll the keynote's Tuesday. What time does your What time do you get in on Monday? Mm. One o'clock, I think. Okay, so we may have the opportunity to do a quick little pre-show thing on Monday night. Uh, so if you're listening, you want to get some pre-show uh, predictions, whatever in. Yep. Send it off. Where Where can they send that, Dave? Mac Geek Gab at MacObserver.com, 206-666-GEEK, which is 4335. Three, three, right. 
And uh, Skype it to Mac Geek, yeah, but honestly, don't do that. I'm only going to check the other two between now and the end of the expo. So uh, if you want to Skype it in, I'm sorry. Uh, it just, you know, I got to draw the line somewhere. Uh, so that's it. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch you from the show next week. We'll probably do, if we can get it in, we'll do one before the show starts on Monday night. And then two, maybe Thursday or, or something toward the end of the week, we'll do sort of a wrap up our, our, our favorite products that we saw and you know like we've always done so that's uh that's it we're out of here cashfly hosting where you downloaded this from podcast marketplace the 6i isolator earphones from metamotic a5 desktop speakers from audio engine and teach mac from teachmac.com cirque to mac party wednesday night at 8 p.m at the red devil lounge if you need tickets well you can call me i can't guarantee email we'll see windows on a mac session wednesday the 10th at 1 30 p.m Thanks for another great year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Made up.